0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG 13. Hey, everybody. It's David Waters from the Gators Breakdown Podcast. Thanks for joining us here. Look, go do something new here. Gator's Breakdown Plus. Uh, I don't know how often it'll be, uh, but I'll go do some periscopes uh, on the Twitter platform. It's kind of a question and answer session, but uh, what I'll do is I'll take that uh, periscope and I'll turn it into a podcast, and it'll be called Gator's Breakdown Plus. So this is uh, something new. We're going to try it and see how it goes. Uh, you guys requested that I turn it into an audio version, so it'll be uploaded to all, all the platforms iTunes, YouTube. Uh, Google Play SoundCloud all that good stuff, so uh, thanks for checking it out, and uh, we'll see how it goes go Gators I'll try and keep up with the questions as much as I can uh, As well as talk of you know points of what we're going to talk about um, you know, just some topics of course going into uh, Signing day uh, on Wednesday, but of course okay got, got a few people in here, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and get it going uh, So yeah, Van Jefferson uh, is going to transfer to Florida big news coming in for the Gators um, yeah trading uh, will be signing so uh, yeah, I, I would imagine that's my prediction uh, for later uh, should be yeah, Wednesday uh, but keep it on Ben Jefferson uh, for for a little while uh, transfers in he had 42 receptions this year for 456 yards average 10.9 yards a catch uh, had a long of 40 uh, but here's the thing one touchdown. So all he, all he had was uh, one touchdown. Uh, so what I did was I wanted to go back and look at Florida this past year. And, hey, look, we know the passing game where it not where it needed to be. Van Jefferson, as I said, 42 receptions, 456 yards, averaged 10.9. Um, yes, he was hurt a lot. Uh, here, here's the thing. Very comparable to, one, Brandon Powell for Florida. Brandon Powell was 42 receptions, 406 yards, averaged 9.7. Powell actually, you know, uh, had more touchdowns, uh, with three. Uh, but you know, as, as we know, Ole Miss, you know, they're kind of they've been stacked at receiver. Uh, whether it will be, you know, we kind of know why they've been stacked at receiver for for the uh, last few years. Uh, but you know, he he's a bigger target. He uh is not the shifty slot guy that Brandon Powell is. Brandon Powell, for what he is, kind of garners more catches. You know, he was Felipe Frank's favorite target. Target. He was the third down target um, uh, for this Gator passing offense. So, uh, Jefferson's a, a completely different, uh, receiver in and of himself. I mean, a lot bigger, of course, 6'2", 195. Uh, you can match him up now with Tyree Cleveland. You can still get, uh, whether it be Kadarius, Tony in a slot, uh, you still got Freddie Swain, Josh Hellman, uh, Josh Hammond, uh, out there, you know, we'll kind of see where this, uh, but the, the, the depth, Really, you, you, pretty well. You have a true one and two right now, and if they if, if, if that's what we were, that's what Florida was missing this past year with with Callaway not being on the field, you know Cleveland, even you know of course he was beat up too, couldn't stay healthy. But if you would have had Cleveland and Callaway, you know you couldn't you couldn't shade coverage to one side, or if you did, you know one of those guys was going to be one on one coverage a lot. Uh, now with Van Jefferson and Tyree Cleveland together. Um, you know, But here, here's the thing about Van Jefferson. I don't want to get too far ahead of it. We don't know if he'll be eligible, eligible to play in 2018 or not. He will petition the NCAA, uh, much like Shea Patterson's doing on his g- way to Michigan. Uh, Van Jefferson may not be eligible for 2018, so we'll kind of see where that goes. He'll petition the NCAA. The NCAA will have to approve if he plays in 2018 or not. Uh, I read today going about with Shea Patterson in Michigan. They hope to hear early next year. Um, if he will be able to play for Michigan. Uh, so I'd assume Van Jefferson was probably going to wait until uh, he had a destination of where he was going to go, and then he would probably petition into that as well. So he'd be about a week behind uh, Shea Patterson. So uh, Shea Patterson is looking to hear early next year, you know, January, February, if he'd be available to play in 2018, I would assume Van Jefferson would be as well. So I would think... Uh, we would probably know going into spring practice uh, if then Jefferson will be able to uh, uh, take part in 2018 season for the Gators. Uh, so career-wise, uh, hey look, he had uh, his uh, his first year playing was in 2016. Uh, I believe he's been retro So uh, 2016, 49 receptions, 543 yards, average 11.1 yards catch, uh, longer 44, had three touchdowns. So as a career ninety one catches for nine hundred ninety nine yards basically a thousand yard receiver uh, in two years and four touchdowns. He's from Britwood, Tennessee, six to one ninety five so uh it, big big pickup either way. hey look, this sends a signal uh, and then I know there was some uh there was some talk out there if he could get in academically to Michigan. there were some people thinking he couldn't. Um, so you know we're probably looking at that uh Louisville. Uh, was, there was some talk there as well if he would be going to Louisville, uh, that didn't happen, and some other schools, so, you know, there was a little bit of competition for Van Jefferson, uh, you as far as I know, he's a good kid and all that, so I don't think, uh, it would have been, he, w- he wouldn't have been going to Louisville or anything like that because of off-field trouble or anything like that, uh, so, you know, we'll look, this is a good get for, uh, Dan Mullen, uh, look, this is, this is perception right now, and, you know, we knew the perception of, of the recruiting class coming in, uh, was... Uh, you talked about um, the recruiting class was ranked very high, and could it stay that way? Um, you can hardly hear me, Scott. Um, I've been told I didn't sound good from other people, so I'm not sure if it's on your end or my end. If, any, if anybody else is having trouble, let me know. Um, uh, but but we know that um, the competition uh, um, for recruiting, as as recruiting was coming in, Florida was – Rated high, and as Bill has said uh, a couple of times on this podcast, it was it, it, Jim McElwain, Doug Nussmeyer, and the last staff was was, was recruiting well because they were able to sell 2017 would have been a building year. It would have been there would have been something to point to with Felipe Franks or another quarterback where you would have seen the offense take off. Where well, you didn't see the offense take off, and as Bill says, you know they were sold a bill of goods that this offense. That you never did, that you never got to see, so we don't know if if this recruiting class would have really held together anyway. Now if they would have if they would have kept of uh, Matt Corral under Jim McElwain and all that, more than likely the the class would have mostly stayed together. But they were also sold that they were going to see something better from this offense this past year. So these highly rated wide receiver recruits that ended up decommitting because of the firing. Hey, look, they may have decommitted anyway because they didn't see what they wanted to see from this Florida offense this past year anyway. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to see uh, what happened there uh, anyway. But hey, look, for, like I said, going into this, perception reasons, this is big. I mean, it, you go and you, you're beating out other teams uh, for a wide receiver. This was a four-star wide receiver uh, that was you know highly coveted when he was recruited to Ole Miss a few years ago. I would assume still highly coveted, and he's going, choosing to go to Florida. So that's a big—I think that's a big time for for Dan Mullen. It sends a shockwave kind of throughout the nation right now, heading into Wednesday. And you have a quarterback out there, as we know, Emory Jones, who's looking around, currently committed to Ohio State. Looked around at Florida this past weekend. Looked around at FSU. Uh, but both of those were pre-planned coming into this weekend. It's not like he left Florida because he wasn't happy and wanted to go check out FSU. It was planned when Emery Jones came down here to take a couple more visits before he was going to make his, the decision that it was going to be, I'm going to go visit Florida and then I was going to go visit FSU. And hey, here's the thing. The Florida visit actually lasted longer than it was supposed to. He was going to go to FSU a little bit earlier in the day, which would have been Saturday. He would he, he was going to go earlier. He actually stayed up Florida a little bit later, I believe tried to eat uh, uh, eat dinner with with Dan Mullen uh, and then go to FSU. He arrived at FSU late Saturday. There probably wasn't much going on. I mean I grin he's a college student uh, but you know I believe he was with his mom uh, on Saturday Her, his mom drove down Saturday. then they both went over to FSU so they get there late Saturday night. There's not much to do, so I'm sure he spent plenty of time with Willie Taggart on Sunday. Uh, but look, that staff has not been put together yet at FSU. Uh, he has a, uh, Emory Jones has a, has a, um, uh, a background with Dan Mullen, uh, and, and, and Johnson, the, the, the new, uh, OC, uh, wide receiver coach, quarterback coach, uh, Brian Johnson. Uh, so we're, there's a background there and it looks good for Florida, um, We'll kind of see where it goes with, with Emory Jones. If I had to pick, I, I would definitely say Florida right now. All the crystal balls and 24-7 uh, is headed that way. A lot of Ohio State insiders are leaning uh, towards Florida. So, you know, we'll kind of go uh, from there. Uh, but it looks like, you know, the writing on the wall is Emory Jones. uh will make his way down to Gainesville. And, hey, look, we'll have a receiver in Van Jefferson uh, to throw to. So, you know, I kind of will go back a little bit and kind of recap the end of last week. You know, we had a... Um, uh podcast in the middle of the week with Blake Alderman trying to sorry about the uh what what sounded like potato chip sound <laughs> but it was uh, a a mic uh rubbing on uh, uh Blake's shirt there so it was kind of kind of funny there but uh the whole Matt Corral situation uh hey look I went to go see Star Wars <laughs> Thursday night I walk out of there uh and come out to the uh Matt Corral news it look it wasn't surprising um the the writing was kind of on the wall when Dan Mullen, um, first day on the job, goes and visits other quarterbacks and goes visit Justin Fields and other quarterbacks and hey look, it's a disservice to Dan Mullen and a disservice to fans if he doesn't go visit other quarterbacks and try and, and look we probably, we knew and I said it here on the, on podcast on Gators Breakdown. The chances of flipping Justin Fields were slim to none, but you know what? He's got to go at least check, and it's a disservice if he doesn't. So he had to go figure out uh, what that was, and they look and in doing that, go in and go talk to other quarterbacks, found out there was some interest from Emory Jones, um, and you know, some people have questioned if he, uh, (laughs) uh, some people had questioned if he would have been ready. Um, to go to Ohio State. There have been some questions if he was going to go to Ohio State Uh, a lot uh, lately, and yes, he's been liking Ohio State tweets and everything as far as that, but there has been some talk out there that he may not um want to go to Ohio State, that he may look around. Uh, Ohio State has a deep depth chart at quarterback. Uh, Haskins is there, and that's that quarterback is for, for Ohio State. Is going Dwayne Haskins is going to be that quarterback at Ohio State for, for a little while now. Don't get me wrong, he could have been like Justin Fields and said, I don't care what they have at quarterback, I want to go. But you have a brand new head coach coming in at Florida, one you have a history with, one who fits your skill set, and there you go. You you can come in, uh, you'll be fighting for the job day one. You may not win the job day one. I, I still have my doubts. That, look, it, and it's nothing against Emory Jones. And I know it works a little bit. We've seen Jake Fromm do it at Georgia this past year. I, I'm just, I'm not a big true freshman coming in at quarterback winning a job, and that doesn't matter who you are. So it's not a knock on Emory Jones. I guess I'm a, a traditionalist in that sense, is that I think it's hard for true freshmen to win a job. But this is a quarterback you're getting in your first year. Jim McElwain didn't do that. McElwain didn't get a quarterback his first year, and that probably set him back uh, a good bit uh, f- for his tenure at Florida. You're setting up depth. Um, you have other quarterbacks who maybe don't fit the system in, one, in what Mullen wants to do. Felipe Franks, you trust him in running this offense? Yes, he has a little bit of mobility. Uh, we saw it from time to time, but can he run Dan Mullen's offense? You know, it Remains to be, to be seen. Uh, it is a different type of offense. He won't be asked to scan the field as much as he was in Jim McElwain's pro-style offense. This is a, this is a more, you do a lot pre-snap, and you kind of know where you're going with the ball before the ball is even snapped. Now the wide receiver has a lot of option routes. The wide receiver can run in, can run out. It, the, the wide receivers and the quarterbacks have to be on the same page a lot more in this offense. Um, they have to read the coverages of the defense. And kind of know they have to be on the same page of what route they're going to run. So, you know, that kind of, you know, we'll kind of see what that, means, what that means for Felipe Franks. I uh, know a lot of people still talk about Kyle Trask. I don't know what the love affair is. Uh, it's probably not that it's Kyle Trask. It's probably more that it's not Felipe Franks. <laughs> so, I, I get that. But, um, yeah, and I'm not trying to dog the, the kid for Kyle Trask. But we just haven't seen it. And people can sit here and say how well he's played in spring practice. Look, we know that doesn't mean a daggum thing. What you do in April in a spring game in front of 30,000, 40,000 fans doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not going to go by um, what we've seen uh, about that. He didn't play a lot in high school. All we have is very limited spring game film on him. I get that some people want to see him. But I've also seen the thought out there that people think he can actually be the guy. And for some, for somebody to say that, there's just not enough out there right now to, to say that. So look, we have Jake Allen out there as well. And, of course, we know um, not a fit uh, for uh, what Dan Mullen is known best for. Uh, but we've seen the Alex Smith offense. And you can just be a little mobile from the time at Utah. And we'll, we'll see and, and go from there. That we've also seen when uh, Dan Mullen came in, Chris Leak was also a quarterback, not asked to run a lot in 2005, um, and then you know get Tebow in 06 at a change of pace uh, type of quarterback, and then uh, kind of you know, use the two quarterback system to get all the uh, all the yards and everything you need there. And if you want to sit here and spout Mullen's record against top 25 teams, uh, okay, you can go somewhere else with that. Um, I mean, come on, we've talked about it plenty, you probably don't listen to the podcast, but, and I'm sure you're not a, a Gator fan anyway, but, uh, what he did at Mississippi State speaks for itself, and, um, you know, ain't nobody else doing what he did there, uh, before or after, so, uh, you know, we can, uh, we'll move on from that, uh, yeah, exactly, couldn't win big game, uh, well, who, who, who else, who else was at Mississippi State, um, But uh, you know, look, early early signing day. This is going to be going to be pretty exciting. Um, Cheryl did okay. Well, okay, yeah. Well, there we go. Why is Dan Mullen still considered the uh, best coach in program history? So, going to be fun uh, for signing day. Uh, Now, the the thing that's going to be weird for Dan Mullen and all these other. Uh, new first-year coaches, hey, look, this early signing period changes a a lot of stuff. Uh, You now have a lot less time with trying to get – you have to get a staff together. That's going to help you recruit. And then that slows everything down. You can't – you kind of have to sprint now. Even faster, more even even faster than you would have had to before. You don't have until February. You have to get there, get your staff together, get on the road in a hurry. And Dan Mullen's basically what three and a half weeks on the job before he has to now go into signing day. And then, I mean, now you have a lot of lower tier guys uh, who, who want to go ahead and, and get in while they have a spot. Uh, and they're taking advantage of that new coach. You know, they're still trying to get a, like I say adjusted to a new staff Quickly identify the commitments that you already have and see if they fit with what you already have And if they don't most of them, you know, hey, look Mullen's going from a pro Pro style set that Jim McElwain run to now more of a spread run power system and from a three from a four three to a three four uh, so look you they are going to have to Look at their board and see if the guys that Jim McElwain and the uh, the old staff currently had uh, had as commitments, see if they fit uh, what they they want to do. So, you know, you got to quickly identify these commitments that you want to keep and not keep and and work on these guys who want to sign early first. These are the guys you have to hit first. Back in the past, you just... uh, you know, you waited until February. You had some early enrollees that you may have had to, to go get, but it's not like this early signing period now where, hey, these, a lot of these classes are going to be close to being done uh, in, in December. And we'll see I know how that goes, but you know, probably, Florida's probably looking at 10 to 13 guys. Um, uh, but, you know, you have to work with these guys who want to sign early first. So, in, in turn, this could make it where you want to – Where um, you want to sign in February, you have to, you know, the guys who sign in February, they have to wait to get the attention. And, you know, so does that shove them off to go look at other schools Uh, while in these three and a half weeks as a new coach, you got to get, you have to get these guys. You have to either keep the guys that are already committed, identify new targets and and go get. So uh, there's some balancing of numbers that come into this, uh, some risk taking involved. Uh, that's the part where I'm talking about. You, you, a lot of risk taking in who you identify early. You don't want to make it not look like the guys you're going to go get in February and the 2019 guys that they're not important. But it, it's uncharted territory for new coaches. It's it, it's kind of tough uh, in, in what happens there. Uh, so I think we, we, we've seen it. Florida State's having trouble uh, with it. Uh, other coaches are, are having trouble figuring out Especially in, in, in a new Florida we put into a, a weird situation as going back to what I said, in changing so much. You're going from a pro style to a, to a spread and a 4-3 and, to and a 3-4. So uh, I expected that. And, and Dan Mullen, look, you could tell he wanted to trim some fat on uh, the commitments um, that were already on Florida's board. Um, uh, he, did, he saw some fits uh, or he saw some players that weren't going to be fits. Uh, you can already tell he's going after bigger wide receivers, uh, for one thing. Uh, he likes the more bigger-bodied receiver uh, in his offense, and it's already shown from some guys who have decommitted, some guys who may decommit, and then um, uh, go, going from there. So uh, I'm trying to keep up with a lot of the things you guys are sending uh, there. But uh, you know, Wednesday, as I said, a couple more days. Uh, look, players are signed early. You know what we're looking at. You know of current commits as well. You have know, Chris. Uh, I think is I don't know how you say his last name. The recent offensive lineman, Chris uh, Blake. Blake. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, we'll see how that uh, um, goes there. Hey, Amari Bernie. We had him on Gators Breakdown uh, uh, last spring before we um, started the season. Uh, Amari Bernie is going to be. Uh, of course, he's committed. He's going to sign early. I was a commit. Iverson Clement, running back, will sign early. Noah Banks, um, offensive lineman. He's an Arkansas commit, but it does look like there's a good chance of uh, uh, flipping uh, Noah Banks. I just saw Emory Jones. Somebody asked. Yeah, it looks like I think he's supposed to be committing at 1130 on Wednesday. Uh, so Emory Jones there. you know, be looking that out for that early Wednesday morning. uh trading as well uh, will be. Uh, a player that would sign early, so it looks like Florida, you know, in good shape to get his commitment, Damian Pierce, um, at 2 o'clock, it looks like, as well, running back there, probably my favorite player in the class, uh, just a big-time, bruising running back with a lot of speed, um, I'll come back to that about, uh, Wednesday, uh, we will have a show, we'll have Gators Breakdown that night, a big show with, uh, Will and Bill, uh, and myself, uh, that night, so, uh, John Huggins, recently committed. He is a player that's going to sign early as well. Uh, kicker Evan McPherson, um, recent Florida commit. Uh, Randy Russell, uh, Kyle Pitts, Dante Lang, and David Reese are the guys that are, are committed um, that are going to early sign. Uh, there's one big target out there, um, uh, Malik Keith, the wide receiver. Um, if he early signs, it'll be with Mississippi state. If they can hold off and he doesn't early sign on Wednesday, uh, Florida would definitely get in the, uh, race for him. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Big time wide receiver, uh, currently committed to Mississippi state. If he early signs, he'll definitely, um, that uh, will early sign with Mississippi state. Uh, he hasn't taken a visit to Florida, so that would be what they wait, wait on. Uh, and you know, we'll go there. Uh, We'll go from there and see if they can get the big time wide receiver there. Uh, And and we'll see what happened there. Uh, Keep seeing stuff about Wednesday. Yes, we will have a Gators Breakdown Wednesday night um, after everything kind of settles down. We'll have a lot more to review. All the players that sign early, uh, all that stuff. Like I said, Will Miles and Bill Sykes will join me. You guys, uh, if you follow Gators Breakdown, uh, definitely know those guys. Um, You can follow them on Twitter. Uh, at Will Miles SEC, at Real B Sykes, and, uh, you know, those guys are, are good, we'll have a lot of stats, uh, talking about transition classes from, from past coaches, from, from, uh, Zook, from Springer to Zook, to, um, of course, <laughs> Zook to Meyer, and, uh, Meyer to Muschamp, and Muschamp to McIlwain, and, um, uh, asking uh, Dave, who do you think running back one is next year? Um, Malik Davis comes back from that injury uh, all good. He's got to be number one running back in my mind. Showed way too much as a true freshman. Um, definitely love the way he played. Hey, look, and and I believe in Dan Mullen's system too and with his speed. Uh, I believe he can be a, a big weapon at the run. I think he can show even more than what he showed this past year. Uh, from from the running back position because there's going to be some big old lanes to run through in this Dan and offense uh, But it also also is predicated on running the quarterback So you got to get a quarterback that can also have a threat to run with his legs so that can open up some um, um, You know more holes there and, and kind of see uh, Lemons, I, I like lemons a lot and he may be uh, P Ryan's probably going to be the guy, you know just just calls um That Davis injury, you know, he hurt it what late October from the in the Georgia game, Uh, so may not be ready for the start of the season. But I'm just saying, based on if you're just giving me a blank slate, everybody's healthy and all that. Malik Davis is my number one running back, Um, and that's how that's how I would look at it. So uh, yeah, you guys can shoot some more questions. You know, I'll sit here and we'll talk about a little bit more. What about Scarlett? Um, I don't know. I I would. I would think it's probably not looking good um, for for, for Scarlet, and you know, he probably should just go ahead and, and take his way uh, to the to the NFL. Um, I know Trey Wallace put out a report yesterday uh, that none of the players um, will get to see the student advisory board or whatever. That's what they have to wait on before they get back. Um, That's what they have to get back. They they have to see the student advisory board before they are allowed to be back uh, as a student and, uh, of course, as a student athlete. And that may not be until the spring because all these um, deferred prosecutions and court cases and all that stuff have to be done before um, the student advisory board will see them. So, And Trey mentioned that that could be well into the spring. Uh, so, that means all these players that have to be basically reinstated uh, by the student advisory board will have to wait. And would Jordan Scarlett really want to wait uh, until the spring to figure out his future when he might go uh, to the NFL? I mean, I, I know us as Gator fans really like Jordan Scarlett, but you know, I don't. He, he probably showed enough to be a really late 5th, 6th, 7th round pick in the NFL. Uh, but... You know, of course, as I said, these running backs would look a lot worse, would look a lot better if they had the threat of a quarterback and not facing loaded box after loaded box. But um, you know, Jordan Scott, you know, I, I still think uh, I expect him to be a little bit better than what we've seen uh, so far. He really came on um, well, I would have been two years ago. Uh, so, uh, what year does it say on that block behind you? Uh, that's the yeah, the Gator Walk brick my wife bought me. Uh, back in 2007 so um, that's not the year I graduated or anything. It's just that's the year. She got it for me So a uh, pretty neat gift uh, there. coaching hires um, Don't really know um, Anymore right now, we know the certain rumors out there from American Heritage head coach. Uh, we'll kind of see uh, where that goes um, I, To me it would have already happened by now if, if he was going to be here, I do I don't know why the wait, uh, if, if that, you know, uh, we, we know there has been, uh, a secondary coach hired, um, his name escapes me, uh, right now, I've got 50,000 names going through my, my head with signing day and all that, um, uh, but, you know, you could have a safety coach and a cornerback coach, so that would be where Sertan could still come in, uh, and, and fit in, yeah, uh, Warren, there we go, um, so, Um, We'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, I'd love Sertain uh, as a hire. It would really open up that South Florida pipeline, especially to American Heritage. But he knows a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of talent down there just as a head coach playing other teams and stuff. So it would be a really good hire. It would be a really good South Florida hire uh, and getting a pipeline uh, going down there. Anything on Schwartz where he's leaning? Uh, The latest was he's leaning towards Auburn. Uh, That was a couple weeks ago. Um, I would have to think Mullen's offense, you, you know, you could sell him on you know, him being a good fit there. If track is still a big emphasis on him, Florida still has one of the best track programs in the nation. So there's a lot for Schwartz to think about. I do think he'd be a good fit in Mullen's system. Uh, as kind of a, a slasher type of, um, you know, I don't want to I hate putting this Percy role on somebody in this offense. Look, there's only one Percy Harvin. <laughs> and I'll say that until uh, I go to my grave. Percy Harvin was elite. Uh, there's not many like him. Uh, he probably should only been he probably should have been used even more <laughs> in his time in his time here. So, uh, but you know, if you want to sit here and say a Percy roll. Uh, I could see, you know, if Kadarius Tony doesn't, you know, get a shot at quarterback, or if he does and it doesn't work out, you could see him in that role, but that would be somewhere like where Schwartz could fit in, too, you know, take a take a hand off out of the backfield and just hit go, and, and see if you can use your speed uh, to the uh, to the outside, um, <laughs> uh, there's Bill, yeah, I'm, a, I'm only a four-star nerd, Bill's, Bill's the five-star, um, but yeah, uh, I saw somebody ask about uh, Pastor Chertain as far as the player, uh, Pastor Chertain senior son. I don't think uh, I don't think he comes to Florida. I think he's leaning other schools so, right now. But maybe they can sell him. I uh, you know we'll, we, it's still hard to get a gauge on what this new staff is going to do after this early signing period. Like I said, I think they concentrated so much on getting these. Early commits, these early signings. The, after Wednesday, I kind of think we'll know a little more of what they're looking for as far as filling out the rest of the class and a lot of these other players that we don't really that that's that that aren't committed anywhere or could be leaned somewhere else. Then we'll see how hard they hit these guys and see if it pays off at the end. Um, so uh, I hope we use the outside more in the run game and stuff. Yeah, well, we definitely will. Uh, that's Mullen's run game. Um, that's his uh, as his wheelhouse. Uh, look, so for targets that, um, does Belden call his offensive plays, I believe he does, I believe he will, uh, here at Florida as well. Uh, look, we know, um, for as far as guys that are currently committed for Florida that won't early sign, um, look, Richard Garage, offensive lineman, one Florida has to keep, must keep, find a way to, to keep that guy on the offensive line, just in general, Nicholas Petit, for, for air, you've got to get him. Uh, I know he's probably he's a big-time offensive lineman. Maybe leaning in other places, but you know, after Wednesday, he has to be, if not your top target, one of your top targets uh, to go there. William Barnes gonna find a way to wrap him up uh, as well. You can find a somehow find a way to get those three guys. It probably doesn't happen, but you find a way to get Barnes, Garage, and Petit for air. You're setting up your offensive line to have a, um, you know, three guys there that can be. Uh, anchors along that offensive line uh, for years to come and, and grow with this Dan Mullen offense from day one. Uh, still look for Andrew Chatfield, um, uh, the big-time defensive end down there from American Heritage. Uh, hey, look, Corey Gamage still committed. We'll kind of see what happens there. Don't really know. Uh, there'll be some time to to kind of play around. Uh, defensive tackle, Noah, Noah Jefferson, uh, you know, I think Florida. um We'll be definitely looking at him at the defensive tackle uh, position, trying to get him in here. Um, yeah, Benito, another another guy uh, to look out uh, for. So, you know, we'll, we'll get, like I said, we we know a lot of the targets. Florida's going to target after Wednesday. It's just after Wednesday, I think we'll see how hard they're going to hit these guys and how hard these guys are on the trail. And, of course, there's a dead period to worry about. So, you know, we got the holidays coming up, too. So, you know, after Christmas and... Um, all that good stuff. Yeah. Copeland's a name we get a lot that I don't know. We just really haven't heard a lot from Copeland or Jamar Chase or any of these wide receivers that were committed under McElwain. We haven't, we haven't heard a lot since, uh, those guys decommitted. Um, and, you know, we'll see how, how Mullen and, and Bill Gonzalez and those guys, um, you know, target those guys that would think, you know, they're, they're, they're fit in this offense. Um, Gators Breakdown these merchandise. Uh, there's a little bit out there. Uh, I'll post a link or something, uh, later. I believe it's on teespring.com. Uh, I believe there's some out there. Um, you know, this early signing period is another thing uh, I talked about earlier. For one, I don't like it. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, it really hurts these new coaches, uh, Jack's West Side or East Side. i mean, in Mandarin. Um, so, uh, but go back to this uh, early signing period. Yeah, I don't necessarily like it. It puts these new coaches at a disadvantage. And and look, even coaches that have been around the block, like Nick Nick Saban, doesn't like it. And you can see why coaches like him wouldn't like it. Then you know, just I mean, look, he's getting ready for a playoff game. You got four teams right now that are that are you know ch- you know chasing a championship, and you got to ask them to now go worry about our early signing periods. While they're trying to practice for these big games that they got to go play, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that either. So, I mean, there was nothing wrong with having one in February, and I know I've thrown this out there too: have one before the season started, uh, have a signing day before the season starts. But that also kind of is weird because it comes into play if a coach is fired, and can they, um, you know, can they back out of that commitment or anything like that? Uh, you know, that would be, I would still be for early signing day if. Yeah, you get them, if they can commit, and the only way they change, the only way they can change is if there's a coaching change. If you commit to a coach, and I say like August 1st, something like that, that should be before training camp starts, before summer camp starts for football, you have a signing day. If those guys commit and there's no coaching change, they have to live up to that commitment. If there's a coaching change, they can get out of it, uh, so we, uh, that, that's kind of how I feel about early signing day. This one right now, having having it about a month before the other signing day, doesn't make a lot of, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So um, uh, I think we'll kind of we'll kind of see how it plays out. I think if Nick Saban cries enough, uh, it probably gets changed. <laughs> so um, Copeland said he's going to Tennessee. Uh, Copeland has said a lot of things and has visited a lot of places. So we'll, we'll kind of see. Uh, how that goes. Uh, I, I do think Tennessee is a threat. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think they could land him. Uh, but, you know, we'll kind of see if Dan Mullen makes him a priority and if, um, you know, if, if he's just looking for attention uh, and kind of – if he's looking for the attention and, and Mullen shows it to him and he, and he likes what he hears from Billy Gonzalez and and that, uh, you know, we'll kind of see where it goes. So kind of the rehash, I know a lot of people are asking about it. Emory Jones – Yes, I would say he signs with Florida in the end on Wednesday. I think he'll be a Gator. The kind of the tea leaves are on. Um, you kind of read the tea leaves and all the all like as I mentioned earlier. All those Ohio State uh, insiders are kind of pointing to it, uh, that, it that that it should happen. Uh, look, hey, look. Here's the one thing though. Don't count out Urban Meyer in this. Um, Urban Meyer gets a lot of the recruits he recruits he wants, and if he you know puts the full court press on uh, on Jones. Then you know it's going to be a battle until the end, but uh if Jones wants to play early you have a have a chance to play early um then what far is the place to go come build come build with um uh, come build with a new coach come build um where you can be the guy the offense is built around you you know they'll build it they'll build it around you and you can help build it uh, as well come full circle here um so i uh, I just think uh early playing time and uh the 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 the, the scheme fit and you you just kind of a kind of a perfect fit. So hey look and and Bill's pointing it out too. Urban wants him, Saban won't team, Tiger wants him. This guy's a big time recruit. Sorry guys, just a still slowly getting over uh sickness here, so I gotta gotta have that water. So uh, yeah, to kind of mention, uh, kind of summarize uh, as well. Uh, Van Jefferson does commit. Uh, we'll see if he's able to play um, <clears throat> year one. He's going to have to petition the NCAA uh, to get a transfer, you know, from, from, since he's transferring from Ole Miss, a lot of those guys uh, are going to try to petition and play uh, right away uh, when they transfer uh, to, to new programs. So uh, I've seen talk here, too. Um, look, I don't think Jones is the only quarterback Mullen's going to go after even if he does commit. Uh, I think he wants two quarterbacks, as I kind of talked about before. What other quarterbacks on the roster fit what Mullen wants to do ideally. Now, look, we know Mullen said in his opening press conference he'll adapt and he'll um, go along with whatever quarterbacks he has, but we know when this offense works best, and it's with a 230-pound quarterback who – can run the ball um, I and mean, I don't think it has to be a 230 pound quarterback um, but it has to be a quarterback that can move the sticks. it has to be a quarterback that can run so yeah I, that's, that's just the way to look at it and uh, bills in here and I know he, he, he he'll probably share this stat again and he posted it on Twitter the other day hey but look when Mullen's offense is working it is your quarterback is the leading rusher or the second leading rusher on the team that's Dan Mullen's offense. So when we talk about Matt Corral and how he maybe he fits or doesn't fit in this offense, you think Matt Corral really wanted to play in this offense when you're asking the quarterback to run 20, 25 times? Look, this was a mutual parting of ways, uh, I believe. I don't think Dan Mullen was going to beg him to come to Florida, and I don't think it was going to be uh, Corral uh, willingly coming to you know, run the ball on third and short. So, you know, he had limited options. We know he visited Alabama uh, weeks ago during the season. He tried to he tried to uh, visit LSU. That never came about. And uh, look, he was then um, looking at Ole Miss and found a school that that, that would take him. So, oh, yep. All right, so not too much longer. I'll try and read this chat here and kind of going on. Can't expect big success in Mullen's first year, 2019's bigger year. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, we'll talk about this on the podcast um, Wednesday night. But you know, this is a transition class, and I mentioned the early signing period and the new wrinkle that throws that throws in with it right now, and trying to have to scramble to get the you know three and a half weeks on the job and trying to get a trying to get a um, and trying to trying to get a class together and. You know, there there there's still a there's still a outline out there where Florida can get a top 15, top 10 class. Uh, but you know, this is it, it, this is not the class Dan Mullen's going to be known for. This is not the Dan. This is not the class Dan Mullen's going to be uh, winning championship win championships with. I I don't think 2019 is the year when he has a year in the state of Florida when he. Um, you know, can recruit for for an entire year and show his system to recruits with Florida athletes for a season. McKinney has some on-field success in 2018, sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't be expecting the 2008 or the 2007, 2008, 2009 offense by any means, but we can see enough and he can show enough uh, to sell recruits that hey, look, we got this thing going in the right direction. Come play for me. So 2019. Will be will be the year, but you know, 2018. Hey, recruiting class starts two days from now, and like I said, we we can outline a a top 15, a top 10 class that can you know help solidify Dan Mullen's career at Florida. But it's that be that 2019 class that's already off to a good start, um, and kind of see if he can kind of keep that together and uh, keep it going there. So you know, you know, we can keep throwing names out there. You know, offensive line. Of course, got to get some depth there, some linebacker depth, defensive tackles uh, as well, you know, to fit in this new 3-4. Uh going to be interesting to see how they uh, how they attack uh, Wednesday and definitely after Wednesday and see for the next month um, <laughs> how they go along uh, with this. Ooh, yeah, so this lasts a little bit longer. I was going to have this last about thirty minutes, but uh you guys kept it fun. Uh you know, we'll we we'll probably try and do this a little bit more. Uh trying to do a whole episode sometimes. Um well the note taking and research we do, um, kinda you know, does kinda take its toll. But, you know, we uh doing this right here where we can kinda interact and go back and forth with questions and stuff, that's a, a good good little way of, of doing it. And keeping the uh interaction out there with you guys. Uh I guess you know, I'll talk about also John Huggins, the most recent commit uh, over the weekend. Uh, he'll be an early signee, as I mentioned, six foot, 200-pound uh, safety. They'll probably bring him down. He can play in the box uh, a, as well. He can kind of maybe be an outside linebacker. Um, kind of from Corey Bender of 24-7, physical makeup. Could eventually slide down into the box as an outside linebacker. Uh, nice job reading and reacting. Play sideline to sideline. Has real good speed. Um, so they say he has a great frame, will only expand once arriving in Gainesville, but an athletic kid who even chipped in at cornerback during his senior year. Sideline to sideline defender who's looking to expand his number in the stat book. Huggins is a coachable young man as well. So, uh, yeah, Duke Odin threw a name out there, uh, Malcolm Lamar. Is, and another name to kind of keep an eye on there's some whispers of, uh, maybe he might be more interested in Florida. Uh, right now, um, with Mullen there, we'll kind of see you know, Florida was kind of known to be the early le- early leader um, uh, in his recruitment. And then uh, Oregon and FSU uh, started getting involved. We'll kind of see how it all shakes out now with all the coaching changes and stuff. But, uh, it, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see. That's another name to, to throw out there uh, along that defensive line. And we'll kind of hopefully see... Um, and even even bigger names like that, you know, there's probably going to be some targets out there that we're not necessarily looking at and expecting um, that Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham, Billy Gonzalez have um, have their eyes uh, targeted, uh, have targets on um, as well. So, guys, uh, thanks for joining us or joining me here. Uh, on this, you know, kind of short notice, but uh, you yeah, know, real fun. We'll, we'll keep doing this. I did, I did it through, uh, you know, throughout the season a little bit, pregame. Uh, you guys made it fun, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to try and keep this going. It might be me one week, Bill one week, Will another week, or something like that. So, we'll kind of keep it fun. But yeah, before I sign off again, believe me, Wednesday night it will be the show you can't miss. Uh, we'll, Bill, Will, and I have kind of already talked about it, kind of everything um with early signing day we'll have it we'll have it covered <laughs> uh thanks mike uh, uh we'll see yeah we'll see what happens it's early signing day you know i kind of outlined the names to look for we kind of know mostly he's going who's going to sign the surprise you know will be emery jones um or may not be a surprise we're all kind of you know choosing that he'll go to florida uh, and hopefully that's gonna be the case, but um I'll kind of update that a little bit so uh yeah, it looks to be eleven thirty. I've also heard one thirty they may push it till uh Emory Jones, so we'll kind of see there was rumors that him and trading may try and commit together or close to the same time. I would say that's a good sign for Florida since trading is a heavy, heavy lean towards Florida, so maybe they kind of wanna get that um you know gator connection. A lot of uh, getter momentum on an early signing day um, out there at the same time. So look for Emory Jones around 11.30. Uh, if they push it back to 1.30, we'll see. Uh, but look for, uh, you know, first half of Wednesday to figure out what Emory Jones is going to do. Um, and uh, a current Ohio State commit. And hopefully soon to be Florida flip. Um, so, yeah, guys, thanks for uh, joining me here. As I mentioned, Wednesday night. You'll get it. will probably be around 8.30 p.m. Uh, me, Gator Dave, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Dave underscore SEC. Bill Sykes at Real B Sykes on Twitter. And Will Miles at Will Miles SEC. Got some big things coming with Will uh, coming up in the future um, uh, as well. We got some things cooking um, for Gator's Breakdown and, and some other ventures out there. So uh, keep, you, keep your eyes open and, you, and your ears open out there. Uh, we'll be uh, sharing that stuff soon, so guys thanks and um, you know share this if you can uh, a lot of good talk and uh go gators.